I want to thank the presenting sponsor of today's episode, SoFi. SoFi is now the official bank of the NBA. Yep, that's right. This was just announced. The next generation of banking is joining the league to help fans get their money right. We got a ton of awesome things planned, including today's episode where I interview five-time NBA All-Star Jason Tatum at All-Star Weekend. So today we're going to talk about personal finance and managing money to achieve your goal. I don't know. I, I drove to the lane. I kind of blacked out for a second. I jumped, I dunked it, and I don't know what came over me to chest bump him and yell at him. <laughs> uh, probably wasn't smart. They came back and beat us. <laughs> but uh, that was something, you know, that, that moment. I have that picture in my house. I always remember that. First of all, I'm gonna say shout out to SoFi for setting everything up. This is a beautiful, beautiful event. It's about to be the biggest and the best episode of the Kenny Beach and Podcast for a few reasons. One, we're live in Indianapolis for All-Star Weekend. Two, we're celebrating SoFi being the official bank of the NBA. And three, we got Jason Tatum on the show. How you doing, bro? Oh, man, appreciate you having me. Of course, of course. Everybody at home that's watching this post, remember, SoFi is the official bank of the NBA and they're teaming up with the league to help fans get their money right. So when this was announced a few days ago, you were everywhere, it was CBS Sports, um, it was Bleach Report. Talk to me about how this came to be. Yeah, so we got, you know, I had the privilege um, this past week of going on CBS Good Morning um, and kind of officially announcing the partnership with the NBA as well as my partnership and uh, what we were doing, my foundation. Um, and it was, it was really an honor, right, to announce what we were doing. And like she said earlier, um, the idea of partnering with somebody who your beliefs and ideas align with, uh, you know, really meant the world to me. Generational wealth fund. What, is, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? Uh, the idea that a million dollars, right, uh, in trying to achieve generational wealth, like you said, the first key component to that is being a homeowner. And uh, I understand how um, firsthand how tough that can be growing up in a single parent household, didn't understand the idea of, you know, saving money. My mom, you know, lived check to check trying to make ends meet. Uh, so now that I'm in a position where I can take care of myself and my family, I want to impact and help, you know, people that look like me, people that came from the same environment that I did and help change their lives and also help educate them so they can help educate others. And why SoFi? Because SoFi, uh, their ideas align with mine, right? Helping your money work for you. Um, and trying to change the community uh, is, you know, more important than anything else that we can do. You're living a dream, brother. There's millions of kids that would love to be in your spot. Is, this, is being in the NBA exactly what you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to, to be in the position that I am. Uh, to, as a young kid, set out dreams and goals and aspirations and slowly but surely accomplish each one step by step. Uh, it, it's, it's a real feeling living out your dreams in real time. Uh, and I'm just, I'm very grateful, right? And thankful that um, I had, a, you know, my parents, my mom who believed in me, supported me, put me in the right positions to help me achieve my goal. Everybody that helped me along the way, um, I'm eternally grateful for that. But to wake up every day and play basketball uh, for a living and travel the world and get to meet and be a part of things like this. Uh, even though I dreamed about it, it's so much better. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Not could I ever imagine. What's a underrated aspect of your life now that as a kid you didn't think about being something that would be so cool? I mean, it's kind of funny, right? We all, everybody has problems, right? No matter how successful or unsuccessful you are. But I just think about like the little things I don't worry about, like gas, gas money. <laughs> I, I used to go to CBS and call my mom and say, you know, how much is on this card? Can I get one of this? And right. now if I want to buy seven bottles of soap. I can't. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Not to worry That's about like it. Really cool. I know it's not all perfect, though. It is a job. What is the worst part about being an NBA player? Oh, you don't get much privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere you go, people recognize you. And which means you're doing something right. But there are tough moments where I'm, I may be on vacation with my son or I'm taking him to the park and I just want to be a dad. I want to be normal in those settings. And it's tough. Um, and I, I understand it, right? If I was a kid and I saw my favorite player, I would want a picture. I would want an autograph. Uh, I would want to ask him a question. So from that standpoint, when it's kids, I, I you know, never bothered by that. But it's tough, the balance of, you know, Deuce, he doesn't know that I'm Jason Tatum. He just, like, that's my dad, and I want to spend time with him and do those things. Um, So balancing that can be tough. Um, But, you know, that's that's about it. On this journey from from childhood to playing at Duke, NBA player, were you always, like, thinking about financial literacy, or was there a moment in time you're like, I need to really start caring about the money aspect of the job? Yeah, I would say throughout. Uh, my mom, right, I, I give so much credit to her. She believed in me uh, way before I ever did in myself. And we would always have conversations of, you know, son, when you get your first paycheck, what are you going to do with it? And to be honest, when I was 12, I don't know, go buy a car, get a new house, get some jewelry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having those conversations of, you know what, when you get to the NBA, we're going to save all our NBA money. We're going to live off our endorsements, right? Your NBA, the lifespan of NBA players is only three to four years, right? And, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to play 10 more years, that'd be 17. But then I'll be 35, and you still have the rest of your life to navigate through that. So, um, you know, my mom didn't have all the answers, but she put in my mind early that, you know, we were going to do things the right way. We were going to be put in a position where we could, you know, take care of ourselves and our family and, you know, for my kids and grandkids and great grandkids to make sure that they uh, are in a situation where they can achieve, you know, whatever they want to achieve. I'm going to swing over to Duke because I read somewhere that Jabari Parker was the reason you ended up at Duke. Now, I'm from Chicago. When Jabari was graduating, I was like in my sophomore year, so I knew what he was doing over at Simeon and stuff. But I, when I was doing my research, it was just a surprising name to see be that impactful to you going to Duke? And why was that? Uh, well, from a basketball standpoint, uh, you know, Jabari Parker in high school was the best player in high school. Yeah. In college, his freshman year, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily do well as a team as they would have liked, but he was as good as it got. You know, from what I saw, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, uh, could essentially do everything on the floor. And, uh, you know, I... I I was always a student of the game. My favorite players, I would watch their interviews and, and things like that. And 
how well-spoken he was, right? Uh, one Gatorade National Player of the Year, and, you know, that award encompasses, you know, the things you do in the community, obviously what you do on a basketball court and what you do in the classroom. And, um, you know, those were the guys I wanted to look up to. And the career, the one year that he had to do, uh, from an individual standpoint, was um, extremely impressive. So I just kind of saw myself following that path of, you know, wanting to be like him while he was at school. And y'all ended up being teammates for a little bit in Boston mm -hmm. a few years ago. Did you ever tell him that he was the reason? How was that? For sure. Uh, Jabari, uh, great guy. He was kind of like taken back. Mm -hmm. um, obviously because, you know, things didn't necessarily pan out, but he's a great guy, great person. He was a great teammate. Um, and I let him know, like, when he got there, that, you know, that, man, I appreciate you from a distance, the thing that you did for me, inspiring me, obviously, because uh, I wanted to, in a lot of ways, follow in your footsteps. And for the most part, I went to Duke because of you. Duke has had a lot of legendary players. I'm going to put you on the spot. You've probably been asked this before. Starting five, Duke players, former Duke players. I mean, it's tough because is it what you did at Duke? Because I was only there for like nine months. Good nine months. Good nine months. Good nine months. Um, and you can interpret it as you may. It could be what they did the entire hooping career or just their due career, either way. Well, I would, I would, in the most humble way possible, say just everybody that came from Duke, I would put myself in the starting five. Uh, I don't think nobody can argue with that. <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Yep. Um, Grant Hill. Yep. I should have said his name first. Kyrie Irving, myself, Grant Hill. Oh, uh, man. Shane Battier. And uh, JJ Reddit. Okay, work. I was waiting to see if JJ was going to make the list. So y'all run a pretty small then. Positionless basketball. It's 2024, right? Yeah. Uh, from my research, your final four before you ended up at Duke was Duke, Kentucky, UNC, and St. Louis. Duke and UNC, they kind of hate each other, right? How, how do you embody that rivalry with them being two of your final four teams going into college? And I, from my personal experience, I wouldn't necessarily say hate. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a really competitive rivalry that happens to be one school is 30 minutes from the other. And they've had a lot of success as a team. They've had a lot of great individual players They've had some great coaches. Uh, and I think it's great for college basketball. Um, I didn't hate North Carolina right. when I was there. I don't, you know, I didn't feel that tension. Obviously, we want to beat them. It's a big deal. It's the biggest rivalry in college basketball. Uh, but I wouldn't say hate is the right word. Uh, it's a healthy level of high competition basketball. I'm going to get to the draft. Because that year, draft was stacked. Um, the Boston Celtics ended up trading down from the first overall pick and up taking you. Did you know the Celtics was the team? I had no idea. Okay. I had no idea. Did you prefer it that way? Because I talked to Nyeka Kongo of the Atlanta Hawks. He said he turned his phone off from his agent. He didn't want to know nothing. He wanted to go completely blind. Oh, no. I wanted to know. No, he crazy? I mean, I, the anticipation was killing me. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, draft, you know, leading up to the draft, it's, it's hard to explain. I started playing basketball. As early as I can remember, I was three or four. I got drafted at 19. That's essentially 16 years of working towards a goal. And I understand it's a part of, you know, growing up in the real world. But 
to wait on something for 16 years and it's a week away, it's yeah. three days away, it's the next morning. Uh, it was unlike anything. And then to hear my name called, uh, that was the best day of my life, hands down. It was the day that all my dreams came true. So how do you not become complacent? You said 16 years working towards this goal. If I work 16 years for something and I got it, I'm pretty cool. So how do you go from that being drafted third overall to now being a five-time All-Star? What's the drive? Um, again, I give a lot of credit to my mom. Uh, I think the environment that I grew up in, right? Uh, well, we might not have had the material things. I was surrounded by love and support. So making it to the NBA was never about driving fancy cars or having a lot of money. It was because Kobe Bryant was my favorite player. He was my idol and I loved the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. And I understood how Kobe Bryant impacted my life, how he inspired me from thousands of miles away, even though we had never met. And it was a part of me that I wanted to do that. I wanted to make it to the NBA where I could inspire the next Jason Tatum, regardless of if he's going to be an NBA player or not, just to inspire somebody to do something that they never thought was attainable. Right. Um, so making it to the NBA was the ultimate goal. But then I slowly realized that I wanted to get better. I wanted more. And it was never about, um, you know, just being rich and famous. I want to give a huge thanks to today's sponsor, SoFi. SoFi is now the official bank of the NBA. The next generation of banking is joining the league to help fans get their money right. I'm excited to partner with them all season long because we got some big giveaways coming up, but more on that later. Let's talk about banking with SoFi. I love SoFi's checking and saving because you can earn more money on your money. Up to 4.6% APY on your savings, which is 10 times the national average saving rate. When banking with SoFi in just five weeks, the money sitting in your savings account is earning more money than you would in one year with a big bank saving account with direct deposit. You get paid up to two days early, pay no account fees, and can cash in on up to $300 when you sign up with direct deposit. Terms apply. Visit SoFi.com backslash banking for more details. Here's the best part. SoFi is running the zero giveaway all season long. Each week, one lucky fan would get to add a few zeros in their bank account with $10,000 with SoFi. That's insane. All you need to do is hit the link in the description or scan the QR code that's on the screen for a chance to win. There's no purchase necessary to enter to win, open to only legal residents 18 years or older. Visit SoFi.com backslash zero for the official rules. I want to say thank you again to SoFi. Celtics were a really good team that you were drafted. I think they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Did you feel pressure to, to join that roster after making a really deep playoff run? Because you came in and you started immediately. Absolutely. I mean, I've been on record saying this. I, I didn't think I was going to play. Mm -hmm. We had a, a, such a good team. Um, first in the East the year before, we had just got Gordon Hayward that summer. Um, Kyrie Irving a few months later. Uh, I mean, I was 19. I was right. weighed 200 pounds, if that. Like, I, there was no certainty in my mind I was going to play. Uh, but I would say everything worked out. Gordon Hayward was on Podcast P. He said when he signed with the Celtics, the idea Danny Ainge threw to him is that him and Kyrie were going to hold it down while you and JB got better and better, and eventually y'all take over. Obviously, things would go that way. He got injured. Kyrie was in and out of the lineup. When you were thrust into being kind of like the star of a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals as a rook, did, did, did you and JB talk about, like, man, this is our chance? That year? Yeah. To be honest, I was, like, ignorant. Like, it was my first year in the NBA. I went to the Game 7 to play against LeBron. Yeah. You know, one game away from the Finals. 
in many ways, I thought like this was supposed to happen. Right. Uh, and I quickly realized how hard it is to get to that point and uh, how hard we had to work as a team to get there. Uh, and, you know, you quickly learn through experiences, um, just through years in the NBA. Um, so, no, I wouldn't say at that moment that I, like, I, you know, could visualize or I knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I quickly, I quickly realized that uh, as I, you know, if I got older and my game continued to grow, that I could be something special in this league. Your very first shot as an NBA player on record was blocked by LeBron. It was. It was blocked by LeBron. What, what is going through your mind as a, as a teenager still at that time? to go against Braun and have that first shot blocked. Like after he blocked it? Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It was, it was Kyrie's first game back. The energy, the environment was crazy. Uh, I was nervous all day. My first NBA game, I'm playing against LeBron. And as a basketball player, you know, everybody's going to be nervous, and especially that game. And you're just praying, you're hoping that your first shot goes in. Mm-hmm. And the complete opposite happened with me. Right, right. Uh, so I had, a, I had a rough first half. I didn't score. Mm-hmm. But uh, I played well in the second half. Fat time all-star now. It's all good. <laughs> you also, later in that season, you talk about how you were going against uh, LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. You got him back. You dunked, how was that moment? You go from being blocked by him your first game to dunking on him later in that season. Yeah. Uh, Tell of two stories. Um, and it was it felt like two different seasons, right? October 18th, and then fast forward, it was May 30th of 2018. So eight, nine months later, I just felt like a totally different player. Um, I had experienced so much in that nine months. And to go against him in the game seven, right, to, to go to the NBA Finals, um, I don't know, I, I drove to the lane I kind of blacked out for a second. I jumped, I dunked it, and I don't know what came over me to chest bump him and yell at him. Uh, probably wasn't smart they came back and beat us. But uh, that was something, you know, that, that moment. I have that picture in my house. I always remember that. I'm going to switch back to finances. What, what about uh, the, the way money is managed? Do you want to kind of say to the, the next generation, the younger people in the community? There's really like so many misconceptions about finance and about money. And there's a lot of things that it's, it's kind of like you don't know what you don't know. Right. And for me, I, I didn't know about a savings account growing up. My mom didn't have a savings account. And to the next person, that might just be second nature. But there's a lot of kids that grew up, you know, the same way that I did. And there's a lot of people that think like, oh, as soon as you get drafted, just when you walk on the stage, they just direct deposit millions of dollars into right. your pocket. And it's like, it couldn't be any further from the truth. So just to kind of have those talks and educate people um, and to teach how you can have your money work for yourself, right? Um, saving, investing, investing in the right things um, is important. You said that Michael Jordan himself, he picks out Team Jordan, handpicked. What's that moment like? When, when Jordan or Team Jordan hits you up and say, Mike wants you on the roster? I mean, it's the ultimate sign of respect. It's the, the greatest player to ever play. Um, you know, after my second season in the league to kind of get that call to transition from Nike over to Team Jordan Brand 
to eventually turn into having my own signature shoe to now we're on the second one that comes out next week or in two weeks. Um, and then, you know, to get to meet him and have a relationship with him and talk to him, uh, you know, he, he's the GOAT. He's, you know, everything you could imagine that he is. Okay, so we, we're from Chicago. And Jordan there, and I guess in the whole NBA world, he's like this mythical figure. Yeah. When we were in Cleveland, when they did the NBA 75 and everybody was there, like I'm in the arena, section 200, Mike comes out and I felt everything shift. Is it like that? Like every time you see him? Every single time. He has that aura about him mm. uh, where, it, you know, the energy in the room just gravitates towards him, regardless of whoever else is in the room. Large crowd, small, intimate crowd like this. Um, he doesn't even have to say anything. He just walks in and it's like you, you just know. You know he's there, but he's one of the coolest people um, that you can meet. You know, super down to earth, has all the great stories, uh, and still super competitive to this day. You mentioned the JT2s coming out in a few weeks. I also heard you say that the JT3s are almost done. Yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the process like of having your own signature sneaker? How much of it are you in on? Uh, very involved, very invested. And I think the consumer, they can tell when you put in the time and the, the effort to see this idea transform into um, a reality. I, it's really an 18-month process. Mm -hmm. Each shoe, from the day that you, know, you first come up with the design to the day it comes to retail, is an 18-month process. So that's why you know, a third of the way through, you know, the Tatum 1, you know, the Tatum 2 is done, and now the Tatum 3 is done, and we're talking about the Tatum 4, but the Tatum 2 still hasn't come out yet. So it's just a, it's just, you know, a cycle a you cycle just have right to keep right. up with. So, Ren, before we get out of here, I want to hit you with some rapid-fire questions, all right? The first one, how much do you think about your personal finance? How much? Yeah. Um, every day. Every day. Honestly, every day. Growing up on your journey to the league, who was an underrated hooper who gave you trouble? Like before I got to the NBA? Any, any, in the NBA, before you got to the NBA, anytime. Just like you had trouble stopping this player. Uh, honestly, the first person that, it was my first preseason game, 2017, I played against the Hornets and Nicholas Batum was on the Hornets. <laughs> and I, people might not have guessed his name, but yeah, yeah. he, that was kind of like my, besides LeBron, that was my like first welcome to the NBA moment. Wow. So me and the guys always talk about Nick Batum because he's one of the players in the league that catches with no dip and gets a shot up. And we just admire that. Like it's, we don't hoop like y'all, yeah. but like the idea of just catching it no matter where you got it and you get it up. So it's cool to hear his name. Um, what is the first thing you bought when you felt like you made it? Ooh. I felt like I made it. Uh, I bought myself a Range Rover. Okay, okay. Not gonna lie. I did. <laughs> We always see and hear the stories about rookie duties. I remember when Romeo Langford was on your squad, mm -hmm. and Marcus Smart sent him to Chipotle, and the price was $4,000. Did you have rookie duties, and what were they? Honestly, um, I would have to like bring soap on the road, so I would put in a locker, like four bottles of soap, so that the guys could use it. Um, and I would have to pass out towels after practice and after the game. But that was it, and then Shout out to my, our equipment guy, Andy. Halfway through the season, you know, when I started trending upward, Andy started taking care of the soap. <laughs> he's like, he's that guy. So, you don't need to soap. Oh, okay. 
The very last question, something I think a lot of fans would like to see eventually, one-on-one tournament, three dribbles, who would win that tournament if everybody in the NBA was in it? Even like the big man? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, Joel Embiid with three dribbles can can put in that work. I know, so it's it's like boxing. You got to have like a weight class. Mm. Would you like to see a guards, forwards, and then bigs or something like that? Yeah, because you don't want to see like Embiid play against Steph Curry. Right, okay. So let's break it up. The guard winner. So I would say like six, six, five, and under. Okay. Six, so one, and six, five. Who wins that division if it's six, five, and under? Kyrie's tough to beat. That's what I thought you were going to say. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> what about the four division? Myself. Expected that too. In the big position? Uh, I mean, I, I would give it to Embiid. Embiid. Right. But oh, I, okay. I, I think people would love to see that. Um, yeah. I would be all for one on one tournament also weekend. Sylvia, you heard that. We need, to, we need to make it happen. We need to make it happen. Can we get a round of applause for Jason Tatum? <laughs> and again, shout out to SoFi for setting this up. Tatum, of course, the newest member of Team SoFi. Official Bank of the NBA.